This is CliffCentral.com. Alright, so welcome to the Game of Tea Vibe and this afternoon I'm joined by Owen Masego, he's a renowned Zimbabwean artist who's known for expressing himself through music and through his visual art and also you do a lot of pottery stuff, yeah? Yeah, I do quite You do a lot. everything Yeah, yeah, like I'm one of those uh, very experimental visual artists yeah, And yeah. who kind of tries literally everything So, yeah, I think it's, it's really quite inspiring to be able to learn new things every time Yeah, but I, I think basically in life, if you stop learning, then there's no point for you living You yeah, have to be able to yeah, learn I mean, every single day Yeah, you have to learn each and every single And also be able to be flexible and take up different challenges mm. as an artist Because yeah. I, art is very very wide like mm. it's not static where you are you need to be drawing only you can do anything else in art yeah yeah so if you're just joining us so make sure you tell everybody else that owen masego who's an outstanding zimbabwean artist is joining me here on the gilmore t vibe on cliff central so you can also live stream on www.cliffcentral.com and also hashtag the show at gtwe vibe and also um, make sure that you engage with us on twitter our handle is cliff central is at cliffcentral.com and also mine is Gilmore double e. We're going to be having a conversation with Owen Masebo. You were talking about elections and um, I've known you for almost about how many years now? I think more than more than 15 years or more. It's more than a decade, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But then the one, the first thing that struck me the <coughs> most is when you had an exhibition in 2010 in March. Yeah. I clearly remember that because I was going for a British Council conference. And then we came to your exhibition. Oh, you did, you did. Yeah, I remember you were we there. We came, yeah, yes. Yeah. Went to Harare. And then the moment we landed in Harare, we hear that Owen Masego has been arrested. And they are looking for everyone else who attended the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, so imagine, I'm a young man and I'm thinking, oh, shit, I attended this exhibition. What's going to happen to me? Yeah. Um, take me through that whole process for you. How? What was so important for you to be able to have that exhibition? Because I think that's one of the very exhibitions that put you out there as an individual. Uh, I, I think uh, I had uh, a brush with the law earlier uh, uh-huh. about my paintings. I think it was in 2003, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I was asked to take my painting uh, down because... 2003? Uh, yeah, it was in 2003. Wow. So I put it in the craft fair, in the craft, sh- craft shop at the gallery. Mm-hmm. So it was just one uh, big painting, but it wasn't that big though. But uh, uh, the title for that painting was called... Uh, uh, one man at a time. Uh-huh. So it was these figures that were trying to use the toilet seat at the same time. I think there were about four or five figures. Okay. So it was one full at a time. So it was kind of <laughs> highly political. So oh. I remember the lady who works at the uh, gallery shop just asked me to take my painting down because I have a few guys that came through and asked about this painting and the okay. artist. I think then as an artist, it didn't really... I mean, I, I didn't really take it seriously or anything. Mm. I think I respected the, the lady who worked at the gallery more. Oh, okay. Just, okay. I was polite and I had to take it down. Mm. And then in 2000, and I think it was in 2005, yeah. I did uh, Toilet Democracy, mm. where I portrayed the toilet as a, a space where you you kind of 
people are able to scribble onto the walls and uh, use all sorts of, <laughs> people um, use shit to scribble on, <laughs> on the walls so it was that idea and also if you follow through in any public spaces and even in schools mm-hmm. you see some responses and some reactions people actually chatting but they wouldn't know who wrote what and so exactly, on exactly i found that quite uh, you know interesting to bring it into the gallery because mm. it kind of became this toilet democracy where people are able to express themselves, themselves in the toilet in the toilet wow. so because as you walk in and out you are able to respond there could be racial uh, connotations yeah, there could yeah. be political there could be religious and all sorts of things and mm. personal stuff so that to me it was kind of one of those interesting you know things to see in public spaces mm. then the other exhibition that I also did was uh, an installation um, which was was called the, uh, the 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 barber shop. Yeah. So the barber shop. It was this uh, figure. I think it was in 2009. Mm. Soon after the 2008 violence election. So it was called the barber shop. But you kept doing these things in a space where Zimbabwe, because you know, when you talk about of freedom of expression, Zimbabwe yeah. is really not at that level where we can say we are free to express ourselves. And I can only imagine 2003, 2005, 2008 was even worse yeah. because uh, people were getting killed for expressing themselves or for marching against some sort of policies and governance. Yeah. And then here you are, you you are, you keep doing these things. I, I think what I, I've been doing over the past few years is that. I have been uh, this artist that has always been uh, sensitive about my environment. Mm. So I would react or I would actually comment through my art and my paintings and installations. Mm -hmm. Then it happened that in 2010, Mm -hmm. I did an exhibition about Kukuraundi atrocities Mm -hmm. that were committed by the current government. I say the current government because it's still the Mugabe regime. But they say it's a new dispensation. Yeah, I mean, they say that, but nothing (laughs) much has changed. You know, it's still the very same thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, these atrocities were actually targeted. It was tribally, you know, it was against a particular tribe. In mm, this case, mm, it was mm, the Ndebele mm. people. Mm. So the, the the government unleashed a, a North Korean trained brigade that yes, actually came yes. through to down to Matepeleland and literally killed more than twenty thousand. It's actually estimated mm, it's yeah. actually it's forty thousand yeah. uh, people that were killed during that time. Mm. So the, the the whole reason was that. Uh, Mugabe then was wanting to get rid of the dissidents after the, 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 the liberation struggle. Mm. But it happened that it was targeting the developed people. Mm. So all in all, in the end, it was about uh, uh, to establish a one-party state, which mm. they actually, the, the ZANU-PF and the Mugabe actually achieved. Yes. Because to, it was crushing the, the Zipra and the Joshua Ngomolet mm. Zabu party. Mm. So that's exactly what happened. That happened between uh, 1983 and 1987. So what what is interesting about that is that uh, during those years, I was very small. Mm. Like I was a small young man uh, who grew up uh, in Entumbali. I think I was about in You were actually in Entumbali, where, where everything was happening. Uh. And actually, I actually learned even most recently that uh, a lot of people were actually killed in Entumbali mm. because it's, it was an army base. We literally lived with the with the army when wow. we were small. Wow. So my my parents had a house there, and they still mm. do. Mm. So it was back. I think we got there in 1981. 
Wow. So that happened between 1983 and 1987. Mm. I remember very well when I was young, witnessing my parents, my neighbors being beaten up mm. and being really severely, brutally, I mean, uh, injured in mm. that process. And I, I'm, I'm sure most of the people also died as well. Yeah, yeah. So I witnessed all those kind of things. And I also remember when we were growing up in that army camp, army base in Endumane. Mm. Uh, our parents, you would actually, you know, always tell us never to pick up any object that you are not sure of, or to pick up things because you could pick up grenades and, explodes. and, and you know, sometimes, you know, in our African culture, literally everyone has got their little gardens mm-hmm. and that you grow your little vegetables and all that. <laughs> so at some point, you went cultivating those little ones, you could, you could exhume or find oh, yeah. a grenade, yeah, and then yeah. the army will be called, mm-hmm. then they would detour net and then you go watch when it's being exploded. Mm. Can you imagine all these things, picking mm. up bullets and all these things when we were small? So we're exposed to all these happenings that were not really good for young children. Yeah, yeah. But we had no choice. It but, was the environment that we were living in. But you know, a lot of people say that uh, mm. a lot of people that are talking about Gokurahund at the moment, mm. most of them have never experienced it. So would you say that you're experiencing it when you're pretty much young, just sort of like uh, inspired you to do more of what you're doing now yeah, in yeah. your work, but at the same time, someone will come and say, But yet, you saw this. You're, you're talking about how, when you were a kid, you pick a, your parents, you would see things happening to your parents and your next door neighbors. And yeah. um, for you, mm. so it, it became some sort of um, inspiration I, I to express it, that for quite a long time. Yeah. I didn't really realize how much I had captured mm. for the past. Kids capture a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, capture, capture quite a lot of stuff. And also these memories, like, they were so clear. So when I started, as I was growing up, mm. because sometimes all these things, but you could not understand why mm. things were happening the way they were happening. Mm. Mm. Why is my father saying to me, don't get married to a Shona person? Mm. Why... My father, my mother is saying, don't play with Shona friend. <laughs> so, but as, as a child, you are this innocent little soul and you are having all these friends. And you know, actually, my best friend was very, was Shona. Mm. When I was growing up, it's called Nathan Marimo and yeah. many other guys that I, I went to school with. Mm. So it didn't mean anything really up until we started asking questions or, I mean, our generation. Mm, mm, mm. That's when my father would, you know, would, would, would quiet and me and my mother would say keep quiet about this we're not supposed to talk about yeah, this yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's problematic but then how so, do we move away sorry to cut you but how then do we move away from mm. how do we even heal if you're not able to talk about something because obviously if something happens to you or if something has happened to the people they are meant mm. to talk about it to sort of like move on yeah because uh, heal uh, yeah because the idea of healing or where we start off to heal is only when we are able to let out mm. when only when we are able to share Mm-hmm. and talk about your experiences or whatever you saw in my case when I was very young mm-hmm. for my parents they need to talk about those things yes. and yes. for the yes. as you know well know in my culture a lot of people were, were, were disappeared during that time exactly. rumored to have been buried in mass graves mm-hmm. some people even imagine that people fled and went outside the country but they never came back even mm-hmm. up to today mm-hmm. so all that needs to, to be resolved Yeah, people need to be buried properly as you know our culture we need to communicate yep. with our with you our dead and, yeah. and our ancestors. So, mm. in a way, if that doesn't happen, unfortunately, I'll crudely put it this way: it's a it's a, it's a time bomb. 
yeah. that will one day explode into this society and will yeah. have more problems, yeah. especially yeah. in the near future with the young people that are growing today. Yeah, because it's, it's been swept out under the carpet, so it becomes, it's mm. constantly there, yeah. and it's going to trigger more things, because no one is dealing with the issues yeah. uh, of what happened in, uh, during Kukraun and the people that were affected. Yeah. But when you are now, as an artist, expressing yourself, because I think the beauty about art is being able to express yourself without really speaking. Yeah. You just are able to express yourself through the music or through your painting. Through the painting. But then if we're cutting this uh, expression amongst artists or individuals, mm. then how are we able to express all these things that happen to us? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the whole censorship act um, that is enshrined in the Zimbabwean constitution <laughs> in a way is, is supposed to, to suppress people. But I think what happened with me was quite uh, one of those problematic things for the government because mm -hmm. if you look at our society at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, art is not really taken seriously. Mm -hmm. So in a way I was able to, to present this exhibition before I got arrested because art is for the elite mm -hmm. and art is uh, for people that actually go to art spaces like mm -hmm. galleries that mm -hmm. appreciate mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. So where I come from, not many people really understand art is for those very poor people who have nothing to do and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. So in a way that gave me an advantage to be able to put up the exhibition at the gallery. Mm. And the director, who is still the director even up to today in 42, is mm. a great artist. So he had this artistic approach to my exhibition, yeah. even yes. as much as he understand, understood the context of mm. my exhibition. Mm -hmm. But he accepted the exhibition as, a, as an art piece, not mm. as a political statement. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we, we, he was able to let me do the exhibition. Mm -hmm. Which I think, I think it's something that you should do anyway. Because yeah, because that's the place where you express yeah, yourself. The gallery is for art, so mm. I think it's the best space. It's the only space actually for art that, you know, <laughs> artists have to function. Yeah. So in 2010, I did this exhibition. It was like a normal opening night. Uh -huh which was on the 25th of March and then for me I thought it was f such a freaky exhibition because uh, I remember walking in and was seeing these things hanging it, it sort of like brings some sort of emotion you now get a f an understanding of some sort even if it didn't exist during that time I, I, I think what I did was uh, um, I used uh, my, the paintings are they've got this fierce red color yes and uh, I, I sketched using a black paint mm. acrylic paint and uh, I used uh, red acrylic paint against a white background canvas mm. and I painted for the first time the gallery wall which has never been done mm. red, red as well yeah. and I put these very fierce figures as well that you know were very sad and they were black and they were dripping with blood and they were all kind of put upside down mm. hung, hanging outside down yeah. And if you look at the Wulawa National Gallery on the other side or where the pavement is, yes. there are huge windows. Yes. So the public kind of could see those uh, hanging figures yeah. which were hanging outside down. I think for the first time, the people that were walking on the, on the pavement could actually stare and look and stop at the gallery window mm. because it was quite one of those eye-catching moments where people really 
no one would expect a human being because I did life-size uh, mm. installations mm. Of, mm. of figures hanging upside down, mm-hmm. which was a way of torture because they would, the soldiers then, they would go around, they would come through to the village and and hang people upside down mm. and maybe ask the students or some of the teachers to beat that person to death using okay. sticks and, and whatever they could, they could give them mm. or they could pick mm. until that person dies or they could hang the person upside down and until that person dies or, 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 or whatever happens yeah. to the person and then they will bury them in mass graves. Mm. So the exhibition itself, if you look at the title as well, Siva Tondisele. Mm. Siva Tondisele means let's trip on them. Mm. So Siva Tondisele in this case, so let's trip on them. It was a way of torture the army used against uh, used it to its victims or against its victims mm-hmm. to use dripping hot plastic on people's bodies and burn people i know that there are a few individuals that uh, in entumban had those kind of wounds that the, the survivors and all wow. that so it was really one of those really painful Torture. So that was the title. That's the title mm. of my exhibition. Mm. So my approach basically was about to to bring out this strong message mm. in terms of drawings that were not complicated. Yeah, drawings that could easily be interpreted by a simple person. You didn't need to be a great art uh, critic or art mm. lover mm. to understand mm. my mm. drawings. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also, like I also used some, some, some for graffiti. I used some newspaper um, uh, comments, comments okay. that were said by by the ministers and the influential people, including Robert Mugabe and the current mm-hmm. uh, Zimbabwean president Emerson Mnangagwa. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he actually said was that uh, he 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 may he, he even said we are cockroaches. We need to be given DDT for us to be killed. So he said that. Mm. And can you imagine Zimbabwe at the present moment we've got a president who's got blood on his hands. So how do you mm. feel? I mean, now that you have touched upon the president, mm. uh, maybe we'll go back to the topic. Um, everyone keeps saying we're in a new dispensation in Zimbabwe at the moment and we've got Emerson Nenga who just took over from Robert Mugabe uh, in a coup, not coup, whatever people want to call it. But then how do you feel about this new dispensation that we seem to be living in? Is it actually a new dispensation or is just uh, continuous? I, I think f- as far as I'm concerned, it's just a, a, a continuous... Mnangakwa uh, is literally continuing the legacy of Mugabe. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people got a bit confused or rather clouded by the fact that in a way Mnangakwa um, last year, or was it the 17th of November when mm-hmm. he ousted uh, Mugabe out of power? Yes. He kind of became this hero for the because people. it was some kind of a relief for 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 individuals because Mugabe was this representation of oppression and mm-hmm. ZANU PF and mm-hmm. power and mm-hmm. control and dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So here suddenly, what us as Zimbabwean we have been longing for. Is, is, is learning to, to get rid of or mm. to end the, the, this mm. kind of leadership is now gone. Mm. So we kind of, or most people kind of rejoiced. Mm. But in a way, we knew that this was going to be short-lived because 
there was no way Mnangagwa was going to oust Mugabe out of power to give power to opposition. No, 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 no. There was no way no. that could happen. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, when we went for the elections, so we all strongly believed that there is this democratic environment mm-hmm. where everyone mm-hmm. has free and fair elections. Mm-hmm. But everything was well crafted, well planned. It was planned, huh? And, and kind of deceived <laughs> everyone. If mm-hmm. you look at what is happening now in Zimbabwe, soon after elections, Things are getting worse. We're mm. going back to 2008, mm. where things prices are shooting up. There's we can't fuel. find. There's no fuel. There are, some shops are getting a bit empty right now, mm. and it's very difficult to to to, to live or survive. Mm. So it's kind of this thing where Mugabe legacy is, is still continuing. It's going on. Yeah. So so last year in November, were you part of the people that went to march? Um, you know, when we asked, the whole nation was asked to march. Were you part of those people that marched just before? I, the I, I wouldn't say I, I marched or I rejoiced, mm-hmm. but it was a spectacular moment in time to be in a situation where people were celebrating. Because I remember my wife and I, mm-hmm. uh, we went into town when we heard through social media that Mukabe has, has stepped down. Mm. So we kind of went into town. I think we went into town for about three or four hours. Mm. So when people were celebrating and doing all sorts of things. Mm. But uh, having coming from the background of being arrested and mm. my court case going on for five years, it was really... I, I was in a different state of mind because mm-hmm. what I was seeing, I knew it was not something that could last. Mm-hmm. I had that consciousness mm-hmm. because to me, it, it, my exhibition was banned and it's still banned it's even still, after today. Even after new yeah, dispensation even, is still new banned. Dispensation. And you remember as well that uh, uh, a lot of, 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 of efforts about these atrocities has mm-hmm. actually failed. Uh, yes. Twice. Yes. About to talk about Kukurawunda. Mm. It's only most recent, like sometime last week in Intuasa Festival, where Zenzelinvele was yeah. able to present his Kukurawundi yeah. um, his Kukurawundi uh, documentary, a documentary mm. and a play, uh, which also was about Kukurawunda called the 1983 The Dark Years. Mm. I think it was written by Pegumusa. Yes. So that. Uh, still, that has happened, but still, it hasn't given us any hope that the government is actually ready to talk about. Yeah, because I feel the, the government is not yet ready. To no, it's talk not yet. Even the NPRC, the National Truth and Reconciliation Commission, mm. came through to to watch the documentary. But mm. they are coming to the documentary. It does not solve. No, it doesn't. It's it doesn't. not. It's not a guarantee, or it's not. It's, it's just they could easily have attended anything they wanted. Mm. They chose the documentary. Exactly. To me, I mean, I attended. They also attended. So what difference does it make? We mm. want them to be actually people that are able to do to action something yeah. towards yeah. that direction. Maybe the first thing is to facilitate an open conversation where people are able to fully express themselves. Maybe that would work. I know, like last year, there was something like that that happened at the uh, the Rainbow Hotel, yeah. where there was uh, Davengwa and Sipo Malunga and everyone else. Yeah, that's when yeah, but unfortunately that conversation you know, there were government elements or individual elements Mm. that clearly were were sent from the government Mm. to disrupt the the meetings which they succeeded both in in Harare and in Murawa. So clearly you could tell that 
what was happening during Mugabe era is still happening in Mnangagwa's era. Mm. So nothing has changed. It's the same. So thing. we still have a long way to go. And also for as long as people are being arrested. And if Zenzele, if you ask Zenzele today about his documentary, he said that he had to actually go to South Africa so that he can actually come back on the same very same day when he was presenting his documentary mm. so that he wasn't going to go through all these problematic uh, processes mm. of getting clearance and all that. Obviously, clearances are, are made not to are made to make sure that you don't do anything. Mm. Mm. So it mm. wasn't going to be presented. So he, he came up with a great strategy and it went did away happen. Came back yeah, and came different. back, yeah. Yeah, so you would say possibly we're, we're still very far in terms of freedom of expression because when you talk about freedom of expression and when I, when your name comes up, mm. there's names like Thomas Mafumo that rocks in also. Oh, and Masego, mm. you are all now in the same level. I mean, not maybe you've got logs, but you are just people <laughs> that are known for being able to try and address issues in society. Yeah. So you still feel that we're very much far in as Zimbabwe in well, terms we're of not, we're, We still haven't even managed to, to make a step mm. towards that direction. We still have a long way. And also, like, the, the, the way things have happened over the past few years is that my arrest kind of, uh, in a way, the government made a clear statement about what will happen to any artist that mm. does, like, what mm. I've done. Mm. 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 So, in a way, everyone is afraid and everyone is doing clean art and, and all that. But then what's the point of, of, of art then if we are not able to push a message towards... Because we can't all just do clean art. Art is supposed to provoke people. Art is supposed to, to communicate create, some, create a conversation. Dialogue, yeah, and create dialogue. But it's unfortunate, you know, that... You know, as artists, we, we all have to self-censor ourselves. Unfortunately, I don't function like that. <laughs> that's I mean, why you don't, I mean, I, I that's mean, why you don't have exhibitions at the National Galleries in Zimbabwe. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate because I've been isolated uh, mm. ever since uh, up to today. Mm. And uh, I've attempted to, to be part of a group exhibition, I think three or four times. Mm. And my work has been taken down uh, a few hours uh, before the exhibition. Wow. So, it has always been, you know, one of those hard roads, but I haven't, I, I haven't stopped mm -hmm. trying to, to be part of the exhibition. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are just worried, even gallery owners, to come through and, and work with me mm. at any level. they're afraid of being in the wrong books with the government. Yeah, but, it, but it, to me, I think what is unfortunate, it doesn't necessarily mean that cook around, I do cook around the exhibition you every day of my life. Do you do anything else? Yeah, I, I do ceramics, uh, <laughs> sculptures, I do pottery, I now do music and uh, I do publishing and I write children's books and all that. And so they don't have no, it's nothing. I, I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do art. Mm. So art is what what I do every day. So it's not necessarily a, I comment on political issues. I comment mm. on any other social issues and mm. all that. But the, the the song that I played as well is um, is one of the titles of of a painting of my new exhibition, uh -huh. which is called. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. So the title of the painting is called mm -hmm. And uh, the, it's, the, it's about the, the, the shootings that happened in Harare mm. Yeah, most recently uh, during the elections So actually, before we even get to that I was mm. going to touch on 
So you mentioned your childhood and how the soldiers played a huge role in just, you know, creating this dark uh, memory for you and uh, during the whole Kukura on this space. And then last year, we had uh, the soldiers coming in as people that were rescuing us and everyone was celebrating with yeah. them. And on the 1st of August, I mean, we were waiting for the elections mm. with the violence and the soldiers became the mm. opposite of what we, we were celebrating with them last year. Yeah. Um, and that's what your song touches about. The yeah. shootings that happened on the 1st of, 1st of it's, August. It's, where it's my, my new exhibition is about that. So yeah. it's called, the title of the whole exhibition mm. is an exhibition that is comprised of uh, minimum 10 paintings yeah. and, uh, and and a continuous installation mm. so it's basically about what what happened during that day yeah, yeah. so so there are quite huge paintings and they're also in fierce red color as well because to me uh, the, the, the the atrocities that were committed uh, between 1987 and 1983 mm -hmm. they are the same as the one that were committed most recently because a human life is it has to be valued it has it's to valid, be valued. It's yeah. valid, violation of human rights mm. it doesn't matter where it happens anywhere in the world i will still condemn any genocide in the very same way mm. so to me i felt you know it, it was very sad for, for, for such things to be happening or yeah, these atrocities yeah. to be happening yeah. uh, when uh, the president or the so-called president is saying it's a new dispensation and, and at the, the same, same time thing, yeah. when we want to talk about these issues say let bygones be bygones mm. so then we can't move forward we can't yeah, so basically anything. my exhibition is, is, is about that mm. so the title for this particular exhibition is called Nyao Niveleta it simply means my feet carry me mm. I should run mm. so meaning that you know we are still running the very same way we were running in 1983 in 2018 so nothing has changed mm. so you know my feet carry me Wow. And the painting, one of the paintings, it depicts a, 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 that very sad scene where the one of the soldiers was actually shooting uh, the, the people and part of that people were these old grandmothers yes. or mamas that were carrying their vending stuff and their tomatoes and everything trying to to, to get out of the situation so to me that really touched me mm. so it was the first thing that i saw on television that inspired me mm. to come up with this exhibition so is all your work inspired by just you know um these bad experiences that happen in yeah the because i'm a very sensitive person in a <laughs> way i'm an activist and i'm a human rights activist so, so okay. seeing human lives being lost just like that mm. it's really sad for me mm. and it comes out as paintings and as music yeah. and this one of the paintings is called Kandakulu Mlomomkulu yeah. which is also the title for one of the paintings Kanda the song that you just performed yeah, at the beginning that I performed yeah, yeah. so Kandakulu Mlomomkulu it's, it's, it's this uh, big mounted big mouth politicians with big heads that come <laughs> through during election time mm. to promise all sorts of things and, and promising heaven on earth yes and then they only come for those campaign uh, then after after that you never see, see them they will them come them. back again after five years mm. so this has been going on since 1980 up to today but then why why are, are people still falling for that i mean zimbabwe is not educated enough because we claim to be educated individuals so where is our education coming to play now when we keep falling for the same things yeah but everybody as educated as we are 
There is this notion that as an educated people, we also want peace. We believe in dialogue oh, yes, yes, and yes. all that. And in, in, in this part of the land, in Matebeleland, mm-hmm. also it's fear that the one of the things that the government did in, in, in the 80s uh, in those atrocities was to instill fear in people, in people and also to instill mistrust within people, meaning that we cannot gather as a people anymore and mm. trust each other enough mm. to be mm. able to do mm. demonstrations, to be able to speak out with the mm. same voice. Mm. So in a way, it's kombanangimin, asatemban. That's so sad, that's why sad. the government did, did divide and rule. Mm. Even if you look at the situation right now in Zimbabwe, we are divided like tribal. Mm. People, you know, put people in the same space and they will talk about their tribal differences. I'm sure now I'm Devele, I'm this and that, that comes, Kalang, yeah. I'm this and that. Yeah. So it has always been a government strategy to make sure that people are not united. And it's they, sad. Yeah, it's and it's one of the things that was clearly used was tribe. Yeah. Tribal differences. Because when you say that on, on the 1st of August when people were shot in Harare, mm. I actually was just uh, picking the vibes from the no, from people on, on the streets. Mm. Most of the people in Bulawa would go on to say, ah, actually, like, let them kill themselves there. It's not, you know, like it's not our problem. But then mm. if other human beings are being violated and being killed, it's our problem as Zimbabweans. But yeah. unfortunately, uh, the, the, the division that you're saying was instilled in us. So there's always I'm Kalanga, I'm Debele, I'm Shona. So if the other pe- uh, group of people are being killed, it's none of my business. But mm. then, what happens then to humanity? To the yeah, essence yeah. of humanity? I mean, this is the thing that I've always uh, observed, and actually, some people have even uh, said to me. I mean, some people will really be rude, mm. especially people from the other side of the country, Shona speaking. Mm-hmm. That uh, Debele has always cry about these killings. It happened a while ago. Just get over it, just like that. <laughs> wow. You know, I've and, heard that and, before, even in school. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and it's very unfortunate because, in a way. People have chosen the rationale about this Kukuraundi issue. It's about which tribe you come from. Yes. Meaning that why do people not choose the the human rights exactly. Uh, exactly. option? Yeah. Yeah. And say we are all human beings. What happened in Matebeleland was, okay. was not. I mm. think uh, to me, I would wish to see a situation where a huge Shona speaking or Shona people coming out loud, mm. like in Debele people and talk about these atrocities. Mm-hmm. Not all, not to talk about the most recent one because it happened where they were. Mm-hmm. But that was even mm. just at a small scale. Not that I'm saying those that lost their lives. Yeah, I human, and also one it, loss of was, human life is just too much. It's too but, much. But it, we are comparing more than 40,000 people exactly. that were killed. We should all be worried. Mm. Mm. And we should also be worried about the same thing happening again. Mm. And there is no guarantee it will happen in Matabele. It could actually happen in Mashonaland. Mashonaland, exactly. Yeah, because mm. they, they, they are also letting that happen. Mm. I, I feel that, you know, as most Shona people should actually understand that if they speak out about Kukurauni the same way we do, mm. we could actually achieve more. Yes, we could because they also comprise a huge yeah. percentage of the country. Yeah, anyway. because this is the thing. Maybe that's the reason why Mugabe has been in power for very for a very long time. Because in terms of voting, we're always you know outnumbered. Of course, because we're a minority tribe. Yeah. So Mugabe has always pushed the the tribal card. I mm-hmm. think even Mnangagwa also does the same. Mm-hmm. So 
is doing the same actually because it comes from the very same old school. So what would it take then for actually the most vocal Shona people to talk about uh, to talk about these issues of killings, even issues like Gokura Wundi? What would it take? I, 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 think, I, I think of late, if you look at the the last elections in the 2008 elections when Tsangirai was the leader of MDC, mm. uh, if you follow those trends, I think because of economic depression and people started suffering, mm. it has kind of made most people outside Bulawayam or Matebele realize mm. that the ZANU-PF political party is not the best party mm. it should actually go and move mm. so that you know because generations have changed yeah and there are lots of young people that were born in 1980 mm. that might be you know they are 37 years old now <laughs> same president can you imagine it's a lot and there hasn't been any change there are people that are much younger now mm. that actually you know because this is a global village, you mm. compare countries and compare first world countries and all that, and you know that your country is not developing. Yeah, I think yeah. to me, suffering and hunger is kind of united us, yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate because, because united by all these sad things. Yeah, all these sad things because now we are able to stand up and, and, and say, because we are not standing up because of any tribal unity mm. or anything. Mm -hmm. We are united mm -hmm. by hunger and suffering. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something quite interesting. You know, most developed people in, in, in Matepelelin started moving out of the country way back yes. in the 1980s. Yes. So in a way, most of our relatives and friends moved to neighboring South Africa. Yes. Because we kind of, as developed people, feel we belong there. Yeah, exactly. as like, you know, but originally we come from there. Yeah, yeah as developed people. So it's because of these politics and all that we now feel most people actually have gone to South Africa because of language and all this. So, if you look at those particular migrations during that time, it was mainly Matebelele and people moving there. Yes. It's only most recent where you could actually hear someone in South Africa speaking Shona, yes, selling yes. goods on the road and, 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 and by the robots in South Africa and all that. Mm. That's when we knew that it was in 2008 when things were really went bad. I think mm. also in 2007. No, it started 2007, yes. Yeah, 2007. So it was a rude awakening for the whole country mm. that, oh, this is how things are happening. This is how bad Mugabe and ZANU PF are. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, it was a rude awakening for, for, for the whole country and individuals because I have got lots of relatives in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Because I come from a table and because they are relatives of mine that migrated way back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you go to a Methodist church, I think in central Jobek, you find lots of Shona people. Yeah. Which that is, are destitute there. Yeah. But yeah. it's very rare to find in Debele someone. It's not by accident. It's because in Debele people have been accommodated and they've got relatives. They are able yes, to find shelter. Yes. 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 It's, it's a very unfortunate thing. No, it's, 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 it's really so unfortunate really. because, you know, sometimes, you know, why should we wait? until trouble knocks at our doorstep to realize that we should have done something about this mm -hmm. to avoid uh, all this col economic collapse all this hunger and suffering mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's really unfortunate 
Wow, so if you're listening, we're still chilling with Owen Masego and he's just touching base on how he uses his art to address social issues and political issues in Zimbabwe. Uh, you can get a hold of us on our social media platforms at clipcentral.com or you can also tweet me at gilmore.twe. Do you have a Twitter account, Owen Masego? Uh, yeah, I do. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's written as what I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> it's at Owen Masego. P-Y-O. BYO. You see, I know it's at Owen Masego BYO. <laughs> also, just have a conversation with him. Ask him questions because why I got him on the show is I feel he's one of the people that have been have remained consistent in terms of representing um, the humanity, the the people of Zimbabwe, and also human rights within Zimbabwe through his art, his music. He uses that to just address or challenge people to think differently. So I'm assuming uh, during the elections, 2018 harmonized elections, you would get. <laughs> a lot of uh, people coming to you doing interviews and yeah. you get tired of it yeah. saying the same thing now mm. it's a book to you it's a hymn you can sing this conversation yeah, yeah. you know like I've become one of those very few artists where you know I'm honest about my environment so yeah. you'll find uh, uh, most TV and radio stations coming through international ones like BBC, Canadian, yes. South Look at Africa, you, you're mentioning BBC, yeah, Canada. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a great thing to, to be able to be interviewed by those uh, big ones because to me, it's about sending that message, that mm. human rights message, and also holding the government accountable for yes. for the killings yes. that they did in the 1980s and the most recent ones, or rather during the time of Mugabe and uh, and Mnangagwa. Yes. So, so in a way, we need to be able to reach out as many people out there in the world, mm. because it is a global village. What happens in Zimbabwe? should not happen in any other country. No, so in a way, if we are all away, we are sending the message right across the world, we are able to, to respect human life mm, mm. and be able to, to, to defend each other as human rights activists, as individuals, and possibly as well to send clear messages to all leaders generally in the world, mm-hmm. not to go through or to inflict so much pain in, 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 in people in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But through all this, when you're doing this, aren't you like... Uh, afraid or scared of your life and the people around you, your wife, your children, your relatives in general. Like, I, I, aren't you, like, I think scared of their lives and for your life also. I, I think I, I wouldn't lie and say I'm not scared. I'm, I'm only. I'm, I'm also very. I'm a human being. I'm mm-hmm. human being. So I've got feelings. I, I go through patches of hard times and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm affected by everything that affects everyone, especially in Zimbabwe, whether economically mm-hmm. or everything. So. I really do get worried about my safety. In fact, I've always been worried about my safety, even up to today, because, uh, you know, when I walk every day on the street, I know I'm being followed. Mm. I was followed much more soon after my arrest in 2010. It's getting a bit better now. But also, it's this thing where, you know, when you walk into any public space, people mm. are able to recognize who I am. Mm. Sometimes I have these un- very uncomfortable conversations with people mm. that know who I am, but they never really introduce themselves. Mm. My instinct has always been also oh, one of the CIOs and police officers or investigators and mm. all that. Mm. Sometimes some people come really quite aggressively on me yeah. and really, you know, say something quite weird like, you know, 
all and those I'm just expressing myself and, and, and all those kind of things and also like people they always ask me hey ufuni politics ufuni so why would you do art and talk about sensitive issues if you don't want because art to is be supposed to talk about sensitive issues like but I always say why do I have to be a politician to no. talk about political sensitive issues I need to be an ordinary simple Zimbabwean who is affected by but besides everyone is uh, there's politics everywhere there's politics in the bedroom there's politics in the kitchen yeah. Yeah, There's yeah, politics yeah. in the in the community. Mama, so everything is now. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that having been said, also there is also you know, because now I've got the nickname called Kukuraundi Artist, right? Mm. So that nickname also has come with with great things like you know I've been I'm I'm now this person that a lot of people in Matebeleland are now able, especially victims, mm. to tell me their stories. Mm-hmm. I tell you. Sometimes I I listen to all those stories, but sometimes they are depressing stories because people will tell you what happened to their family, yes. to their relatives, or to themselves. You know, mm. you get stories like, you know, I've got uh, an uncle of mine. I remember this old lady when I was sitting outside the gallery one day waiting for my wife to come through. Mm-hmm. This old lady came through. I was really surprised that at her age she could actually see who I was. Wow. It was really one of those amazing moments for me when she started relating to me a story of her husband mm. whose limbs were actually chopped off. I, I listened to that story like I couldn't, you know, I I was really like shocked. Mm. Mm. Like talking to someone who survived and that person is talking about the husband. Wow. So in a way, people have been able to let out. Yeah. So you have become and the go-to person. Yeah, I, I'm now the go-to yeah. person where people are, are, feel they can easily talk to me. Mm. And also, I think even the journalists as well, when they talk to about Kukuraun, they always talk about Owen Masego. So in a way, I'm always the starting point That's amazing, of, of, of writing Kukuraun stories mm. and relating to these. Mm, mm. You know, because apparently there were no stories like strong stories or nothing was written much on media journalists were afraid up until my exhibition no, yeah. up until my no, arrest yeah. but in a way that also is, is is great it's a great feeling for me maybe that's mm. what has been keeping me in zimbabwe and walking and keeping my head high mm. and you know knowing that at least you know sometimes you know people always think i made quite a lot of money to be honest i haven't i've only been arrested i was also gonna ask maybe for some money <laughs> maybe you could buy me a car or a house yeah or yeah but also like you know <laughs> You know, I, I live off art, mm. right? I, I, I would say, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a poor person. I wouldn't say I'm a rich person, but I'm one of the few Zimbabweans well who is surviving like everyone else. Mm. Things are really hard. You know, I've got my best days and my worst days. Yeah, so, I, I, well, maybe I might get very rich one day <laughs> and sign autographs. I'm famous. But, you know, I, I, for me, I actually don't. I think you've done, you've achieved quite a, a lot in terms of Mm-hmm. being the voice for many people now if someone is able an old woman is able to come to you mm-hmm. and talk to you about what they went through and what happened to them it's a lot i think that's an inspirational story in itself yeah and also such a, you have achieved quite a lot by just mm-hmm. being that person that and, and also to. also what is very interesting as well is that kukuround has been one of these very taboo uh, topic or conversations yeah. to talk about 
So in a way, I also get young people trying to understand. Exactly. Uh, like you start to relate, and I start telling them how I grew up, why mm. I did this. In a way, mm. so I'm I'm in a way enlightening the young generation as well mm. about what happened. And one good thing that about young people as well is that I get approached by by young people from different tribes. Yeah. I think to me I was very excited looking and getting a Shona young person coming mm. to me asking me about Kuguraun. Mm. Because they were so young they were never there. They didn't see anything. They didn't hear anything. Mm. Same applies mm. with some of the very young and uh, developed people as yes, well that were not yes, there. Yes. They, they, these stories come up now. Mm. So in a way that generation is able at least to, to be you know to be reasonable and to, yeah. to try to learn and understand what's going as on as opposed to maybe my father's generation and mm. our generation they don't understand they just want yeah, yeah, issues yeah. to be solved yeah yeah you know so mm. in a way that's also an achievement but also what's very unfortunate is my isolation from the artist community yeah, yeah. that was and actually like a question I was going to ask like so how mm. then does it make because obviously when you have this whole attention which is which doesn't come across as a positive attention mm. a According to our people, mm. automatically everyone isolates you. It's just like when someone, you know, is cool about ah, the HIV AIDS. Automatically, it's like we don't associate with you. So it's almost like you now. Everybody yeah. associates you with Kukura Wound. You are arrested. Is this guy that everyone is looking at? Yeah. How? What does it do to your livelihood if you are so much isolated? You and it's it's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know that's where family comes through. Where yeah. you, I get a lot of support from my wife and my family. Mm -hmm. my kids and uh, you know and also you know I spend quite a lot of time now in at home I work at home my studio yeah, is at yeah. home I do everything at home so I kind of you know have more time to be able to to do my art yes and and work and yeah so you know I, I don't have many friends anymore like I used to because everyone is just backed off yeah yeah so That's in a way as well even if people are coming back to me now mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I appreciate, but you know, I don't trust people anymore. Like, it's maybe crazy. I'm just generally paranoid, but no, no, but it's I mean, difficult to trust people, you know. Like, <laughs> when I got arrested, everyone disappeared, and now they are suddenly coming through. You so, know, where were you when I was arrested? You know, really yeah, but I, I could also part. kind of understand the issue that I was dealing with, or that I am still dealing with, which is mm. around. It's quite mm. scary mm. and it's quite worrying. Mm. I remember when I was arrested, my father was really like terrified. Yeah. And he was really worried, but he, he was happy at the same time that, mm. you know, yeah. yeah, he's in Chazaban, was a scale, <laughs> and all that. Sorry about that language. But, you know, so my father, in a way, is this, you know, he's so bitter about, about Kukurawin. And also with my father, I actually saw him being beaten. I actually saw him with my mom and, and, and him bleeding and my mom bleeding and all that. So I actually saw that in Ndumban. So in a way, my father experienced it much more than me. For me, it was really seeing things happen. But then you're you know, a child and you're seeing these things. Those memories stick. Yeah, and also what is said, you know, like when you, you really, you know, we all heavily rely on our parents yes, naturally and yes, seeing yes. the person or people, Powerless especially my that. mother, the person that I was close to mm. much more, you know, African culture, we all mtaga mama. Yes. So <laughs> seeing your mom being beaten up, mm -hmm. being tortured, Mm -hmm. The person that you rely on, the person that is everything to you, mm -hmm. you you are hopeless and you, you have no protection. Mm. 
if anything could easily have happened to us there then you know there's nothing because they, we had yeah, no yeah, we were yeah, exposed yeah. So I think everyone else experienced the same thing. Mm -hmm. Lives were lost, relatives, women were raped, and, and all that. So it was really one of those sad moments. And it's not easy to say, let bygones be bygones. No, no, you can't. Like, get over it. Like, and, that and, whole statement, get over it. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you find that even curators and gallery owners they are now self-censoring themselves and censoring artists that are bringing work and i had and i i had an unfortunate um, i mean uh, encounter mm. when i tried to put my new exhibition at the gallery for indoors mm. because for me i thought well you know uh, zenzele is being allowed to do his yes, uh, his yes. documentary and there is some place that were political there is also blood tongue which was produced by nime trust yes. uh, and that's through uh josh nyapimbi mm. i thought well it's the new just dispensation so no, but you are on my several i might as well you know because there is <laughs> the at the national gallery in Bulawayo, there was also into us uh, exhibition yes so i here i am and trying to 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 be part of the exhibition i tell you the negativity that i got from the curator so you never got was, to be part of it i never got to be part of it i had you know i had um, a fierce fight of words and exchange of, you know, unfortunately said words from curators. Mm. And, you know, I didn't want to be emotional about it, but unfortunately I couldn't help it. But what was said is that, uh, I mean, our curator as a young person mm. was supposed to be this person who had to be open-minded in the new dispensation, yes. Yes. And, the new dispensation. Uh, and, and also develop his curatorship uh, career yes. because my presence in a way was going to to be one of those like mm. it was going to give power to the exhibition to the, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm not saying that i'm a great artist but, no, but i'm saying the listen, history that i have but at the end of it all and like i mentioned mm. earlier on when you mention of people that challenge uh, yeah. uh the, the governments and politics your name Owen Masego pops up Thomas <laughs> Mafumo pops up yeah, yeah, yeah. and a few other names so you've become that person yeah I, I, I accept that but I always say to, to people even to you now and people who are listening you know like I don't do art to to get attention or to I think you like attention Owen Masego no 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 I don't you look like one of those you like attention <laughs> I think you always wanted attention even if you were a kid <laughs> so, so you know like you know art being an artist or doing visual arts is a very lonely uh, job mm. or profession because you are always alone in your studio in your own thoughts it's up until you you put those thoughts and ideas into canvas and then you put it in, in an exhibition space and you have an audience and people start to talk about your art then yeah. when you realize the power of what you have been doing in yeah, your studio yeah. so in a way you will never know or predict what's going to happen and how people are going to take with it. your art or yeah. how people sometimes you know you get negativity or something and also like you know as art, as, as an artist i think most artists also experience that mm. i've got lots of work that i have done that mm. i have not managed to exhibit not because it's bad art or anything i just didn't get that feeling that 
this I, is I feel, a, I, no, let me not show this one yeah. let me just roll this isn't like an artist thing though like even if you're a musician there's always stuff that you record and you film uh, I, I don't want to and all that and, and what is interesting sometimes I get people that come through to my studio at home and start chatting to me like what you're doing you know? <laughs> like what you're doing uh, you know uh, we are in your studio anyway you know not mine but uh, you know they we're, start actually, we're actually at OS yeah. studio right now and uh, we like you <laughs> <laughs> like you know the Gimoti vibe we go to the spaces we talk to people in their own space and we're in the studio now so which is um, and there's no electricity by the way but anyway yeah there is no <laughs> so now so now you know individuals will come through get interested in my art and sometimes they ask me quite a lot of stuff mm. and I end up t- showing them some of my rolled paintings mm. some sculptures dusty sculptures in a corner yeah. and someone surprises you say do you mind if I buy this one off you really and you just like you caught me off guard, you know, I wasn't I I never thought anyone but the thing is like, you know what, the beautiful thing when you do art or whatever form of art, Mm. it communicates differently to the next person, so to you it might not be something that you wanted but when I see it, I'm Mm. like, I see something it communicates something yeah it does and that's the beauty of art in general yeah and and this is the most amazing thing sometimes with uh, you know, people that come through they give you that fulfillment mm. where you say to yourself well I thought my time was wasted on <laughs> and trying to articulate a particular something yeah and then here is someone you know some people will just buy one of those cups where I just dumped mm. and say like, oh, why did I paint this cup this way why did mm. I do this sculpture did I just push it on the side and yeah. forget about it yeah and then there are some works that I really believe in them and think, ah, but this I is it. Exhibited them, <laughs> but I've kept them for a very long time. <laughs> so that's the whole point. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, with all this that has been that has happened, you are not able to showcase at many uh, galleries within Zimbabwe. No, I haven't. Where do you do your exhibitions? How do you uh, sell well, your paintings? Well, well, uh, the, good, the good thing uh, which has happened as well, you know, there's always a good side or there's always light on the other side. Yeah, of course. I, I've managed to exhibit uh, my band exhibition outside the country. Nice. I think over the years, you know, I've, I've managed to travel. And I think one of the most challenging things that I've done so far is speaking about my art. Mm. But and you're doing a good job now. Listen to you. You have been talking for more than 30 minutes. Yeah, maybe, about maybe I'm comfortable because in the studio, you know, it's only the two of us <laughs> and a few people. But yeah. So I've been talking to you for almost like over 50 minutes and we need to sort of like wrap up. <laughs> Tell me a little bit, what inspired you to go to going into publishing and to writing books? I, I've always loved cartoons. Mm-hmm. So my writing of, of, of children's books came from, I do animation, yes. a little bit of animation. Mm-hmm. So I needed, you know, most animations and cartoons are mainly for children. Yes. So I kind of, instead of adopting other people's uh, other, other authors and writers' scripts to mm-hmm. Do my animation. Mm-hmm. I instead chose to write. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what's 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 the what's the way? F- what's like the future for myself? People in rural areas mm-hmm. where I come from, yeah. my rural home, there is nothing much for young people to do, mm-hmm. or rather, there is nothing. 
So, so in a way, a, I want to create an, a, an arts community or an art school that will absorb all these young people. Yeah, yeah. But it will take a while because economics is very, economy is very tight. Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe I might be lucky, we might be lucky, my wife and I, to get funding. Yeah. But uh, we are not the kind of people that just sit down and wait. Yeah, so what, yeah, so what we've already done is that we managed to raise uh, some money. Yeah. Right, ladies and gentlemen, Owen Masego, thank you so much for making time. I mean, we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> And it's been amazing. Yeah, time flies. Eh? Time flies, but it's been amazing mm. talking to you for an hour. Um, I, I, I hope I'm going to have more time with you. Uh, we're going to come and have another conversation. Maybe Owen must say go 2.1. Or 1.1? 1.1. Yeah, we'll keep doing countings until we have 50. Definitely, because there's more conversation to, to have besides all this. You have other things that you're going to be working on, and it be nice to have that conversation with you. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're most welcome. All right, so thank you so much for joining us here on the Gilmore Tea Vibe. And remember, every Friday at 1 p.m., we are live on Cliff Central. You can download the application on iOS, on Android. It's Cliff Central. And also, you can live stream on www.cliffcentral.com. Up next is O'Neill Africa. And until next week, same time, same place, enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is cliffcentral.com.